Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishery Report, presented by Great Days Outdoor Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishery report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. I'm your host, Brian Sand. Hope you guys had a great Christmas, uh, a safe, COVID-free Christmas. Uh, I know it was a little different this year, trying to... uh, juggle getting together with family and 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 everybody stay safe at the same time but uh hope you guys had a great a great christmas and uh looking forward to 2021 so this will be the last show for the alabama freshwater fishing report of 2020 and uh man let's jump straight in and go to my buddy clayton bass and you follow for the chattahoochee report what's going on clayton not much. Getting ready to get back and get on the water pretty pretty soon. Deer season's about to go out. It's about time to be all business on the water. I hear that, man. I understand you hauling a boat. Got you got you a new boat on the way. Yeah, I got to deliver this one. This is my last year's boat. I got to deliver it to one of my buddies tomorrow, and then I'll go pick up my new one all rigged out, ready to roll on Monday. Man, that's what I'm talking about. Ain't nothing like having that new boat. I'm jealous. Oh, no, I'm that's one of my favorite parts. This time of year, it's a little hectic trying to get everything done, but it makes it all worth it when you sit down in that new boat. Heck, yeah, it does. Absolutely. Well, man, tell me about the fishing on you, follow. What's going on? I know uh, you've been deer hunting a good bit, but you've probably still been fishing some, too. I've been boatless, but I've been having people call wanting to go. And I tell them, I said, how many guys you ever met that don't have a boat? We. <laughs> 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 yeah. We've got rolling, though. We've been rolling. I mean, I've been taking them out in their boats, which a bunch of people like that. Uh, the last one I took out, they wanted to do a bunch of electronic stuff, too. So I had to go through, and I set up all their electronics for them, dialed them in, and then we went fishing. We ended up, we caught some. It wasn't as good as what it normally is. You won't ever hear this out of my mouth any other time about you, Paula. But in January and February, I like for it to have a little bit of stain in the water, and right now, some of the places I normally fish and catch them this time of year where you can't see too much, it's crystal clear, and I can see bottom, and I don't like doing that. With that being said, the shallow bite hasn't been that great. It's hit or miss. We get some color in the water, and it turn it on where it's way, way better. Offshore bite's where it's at right now. And you can catch them anywhere, that six, eight-foot range, going out to the ledges, and that 15 to 18. This guy just kind of pick your poison out there and, not getting too many bites, but the quality's still there. Bunch of, you know, three to four pounders out there biting. Man, that's good. Those are good fish. What is the reason I, I would, I'm a little surprised to hear the water's that clear right now? Because like you said, it's, it's normally not that way this time of year. We get a little rain and, uh, and they move some water. What do you attribute that to? I think when the lake was down, it filled up. But I think it filled up with rainwater instead of runoff water that makes sense. The rain brought it up instead of the runoff from the creeks, which normally muddies it up and keeps a little stain in the water. I got you. So normally this time of year, you're fishing, even with the water temperatures, you you got a shallow water bite, and then you've got the offshore bite as well. Is that correct? That's correct. Except for when we get stain in the water. Like most of the time this year, last January, we had water temperature anywhere from 62, 63, right in there, 64, but it was real muddy. And that muddy water holds that heat a little better. Right now, we got 58, 59 water temperature, and it's, I mean, it's clear, clear, like clearer than it normally is in the summer. Wow. How does your approach offshore fishing change in the winter compared to, to other times of the year? Is it a is it a slower bite? Do you slow down a little bit? What are you fishing for? How you fi- um, with and and how you fishing it? Yeah, I like to drag a jig this time of year. That's probably my number one bait. But you'll get a couple of those days where it's pop that water temperature up a degree or two. And those fish should kind of move up a little bit, and you can catch them on a uh, plug or something like that, move it a little faster. But during the winter months, even if I'm fishing shallow or deep, I'm fishing deep football jig is my number one bait. <laughs> if I'm fishing shallow, I'm swimming a jig. I got you. So. On the points right now, like you're, you're going off six, eight, ten foot of water, and you're what are you looking for? Are you looking for just ledges and the fish on the backside of the ledges with a little current coming through? Or are you looking for rock. rock piles, brush piles? Rock is what I key on this time of year. 
if there's brush around on sitting on some of those hard places, it makes it a little better. But most of the time right now with the crawfish and all that stuff, I'm fishing a rock, dragging that jig and wearing the paint off the head of it. You mentioned crawfish. Is there a certain color uh, that you kind of go to in the winter months, or does it vary? I'll tell you what, when you fish in Uvala, as long as you're throwing green pumpkin orange, you're all right. Green pumpkin orange, and you're going to be fine. I don't vary from that too much. I try to keep my jig simple. I mean, you get a green pumpkin orange, a black and blue, and a brown, there's no need to get too fancy with jig colors. What about a trailer? You putting you got a trailer on it? Yeah, anything. So that's one thing that makes a big difference to me is the trailer. It kind of depends on the mood of this. You either swim in the jig or up there on those hard spots. Swimming the jig, I mean, I'll have somebody standing next to me on trips, and one person will be throwing a trailer that's got a little bit more action on it, and they'll get three bites to one. And they'll even, I've had it happen to the person, like, I'll catch one, he'll catch three. Because he's got a little bit more active trailer. And then other days, they like something a little bit more subtle. You just got to play with it. And I have not, I've tried and tried. I've not found one rhyme or reason. It's just trial and error. Just trial and error. So you're, right now, you go out, you know the water's a little bit clearer. You're not fishing the shallow. You you may like to at this time of year some. But so are you basically just riding over with your electronics, riding over ledges, and, and you're just looking for rock? and looking for fish right yeah a bunch of rock like right now you know that today's electronics if they sit down in those little rocky stuff i mean you gotta be a pure expert to pick them out because there's normally not a school up there it's just a fish here and fish there so a lot of it you gotta fish to find them and it's anywhere on those little rocky hard spots it can be humps points a shallow ledge creek ledge that six to ten foot stuff with the rock you just gotta fish it just got to fish it. Well, you know, we had a really interesting segment last week with a guy from Hummingbird uh, with a manufacturer rep and, and uh, from Hummingbird, and, and it, was a, it was a really good show. Gave us a lot of insight on electronics and what's available, and I know you're, you're an expert at it. That's what, you know, that's one of the things besides putting people on big fish. You train people how to use their electronics, and I think that's so cool and so needed because so many people – go out there, they buy a nice unit, but then they don't really know what to do with it uh, or not how to get the most out of it that they can. And so I love that you have that. So if you're listening, guys, you want to get the most out of your electronics, you're not confident that you are, give Clayton a call on that and because he is an expert at it. But where I was going is, Clayton, is when you're when you're riding, looking for these spots, are you mainly using side imaging for that? Or are you using down imaging? Or how do you use the two in combination? Both. I mean, I'm fortunate enough. I got two screens at my console. I got one, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you one thing that a bunch of people leave out. And it is, I'm telling you, it's more important than side scan or down scan. It's mapping. Nobody ever talks about it. Mapping is your number one focus i mean that tells you where to look what depth to look and they've got it now low ranch on the sea map where if you're catching fish in 10 feet you can highlight that 10 foot range across the whole lake and go look in that 10 foot range it takes a bunch of the guesswork out of it and that's one thing that a whole lot of people don't talk about is your mapping and waypoint management that's two things i stress but as far as side scan and down scan i use both of them and on my side scan, if I'm not looking for fish, if I'm looking for brush or rock or anything like that, I'll take that side scan on out to 100 feet. Now, if we get on in and I'm looking for fish, we'll bring it on in and I'm at 400, uh, 40 feet. Because you're looking, so when you're riding looking for that structure, first thing you do is look at your map. And you get within the range you want to be in. And you can actually mark, let's say we're wanting to be at 10 feet is where you're wanting to look. Uh, eight to 10 foot range you pull up your map and you highlight that depth around the shoreline i can make that well it don't matter where that depth's at if it's eight to 12 feet and it's reading on that map anywhere eight to if i want to turn it pink i can turn that eight to 12 foot range pink across the whole lake that's cool it tells me right right where to look and then you go stay on the edge of that right through the middle of that i guess 
and you've got a hundred feet on both sides of the boat, you're looking, you're looking for that structure that you're, that you're wanting to key on. Then when you find it, you get closer to it, mark it, get closer to it and come on into 40 feet and actually look for fish. Right. A lot of times on that shallower stuff, that eight to 10 foot stuff, it's hard to idle over because you'll spook them. Mm -hmm. So a bunch of that stuff, you just got to fish, especially if it's rock. I mean, if there's other kind of just got like a hard bottom where it's not rock rock, you can pick the school out. But a lot of this, there's not any schools there. It's places you'll fish around a hard, hard spot and you might get one, two, three bites. I mean, you're not going to sit there and wear them out like you do in the summertime. Dang. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, man. And I know you're hauling your boat and uh, trying to get on back to the house. You've had a long day, it sounds like. So thank you for jumping on helping us finish this year out man we really appreciate you being on and, and being a part of the show tip of the week chattahoochee tip of the week if you're giving somebody a tip what tip would you give them on you follow right now don't give up it's tough i mean it's taking 15 16 pounds to win local stuff right now you get on a pattern stick with it because you're not gonna get many bites if i had a tip to give right now it'd be swim that jig that's my favorite thing to do right now, and I'm waiting on it to bust loose. And when it does, it's going to be on. That water needs a little bit of color to it. And you know, like I do, we always get rain this time of year. So it's bound to happen any day. That's right. It ain't going to be long. That's right. All right, buddy. We appreciate you, man. Be careful going on in. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Appreciate y'all letting me be on. All right, Clayton. Talk to you later, buddy. Thank you. All right. Always enjoy Clayton. Appreciate him being on. You guys reach out to Clayton, and if you want to go on a trip, he's as good as there is on you falling. He can put you on the bass and uh, and a great guy on top of that. So we appreciate him as always. Well, man, let's head on over to the Coosa-Talapusa River segment. We've got Tucker Smith on today. Tucker, what's going on, my friend? Hey, man, how are you? I'm doing good, buddy. Appreciate you jumping on here today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, it, for you guys that might not know, we've had Tucker on one time before and not to brag too much on this young man, but he deserves to be bragged on. He is the three time high school national champion. One, two, three in a row national champion <laughs> for high school. Tucker, that's that still blows my mind, man. When I have you on, that still just blows my mind that you're able to do that. So congrats again on that. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was a blessing for sure to be able to do it. Absolutely. And I and you've signed a scholarship now, man, right? I'm at Auburn this year. I'm a freshman, so I'll be fishing there through college. So I'm excited about that. Absolutely. Well, man, I'm I'm anxious to see what you guys last year was such a crazy year for Auburn and all the college teams with COVID and, and man, I really hope that this year what are you hearing are they going free and open things back up they should uh we we start our college series in i think it's march so by then i'm hoping things will clear up a little bit more they're still being a little strict on the travel restrictions but i'm sure by then things will clear up and we've already got our schedule it just dropped today so i'm excited for that and i'm glad to do it at auburn too i've always want to go to Auburn and uh, be a freshman this year. It's really special because uh, I know my parents wanted me to go there, and I'm just glad to be able to go there and fish. Heck, yeah. Well, you know, I'm kind of partial to it, man. That's my old uh, that's my old school and, and where I played yeah. baseball. So to be a part, you know, being, to awesome. be a part of any college, uh, that, that time in your life is a special time. But to be able to participate in an activity – with that Auburn name on your jersey, it's just it's special, man. It's special. Yes, so, uh, congratulations on that, and and I know that thank you that you got some big things to come. Well, let's talk about fishing, man. Where have you been fishing lately? Uh, I've been fishing around the Coosa River, but uh, the past week, two weeks, I've been fishing at Logan Martin, which is kind of my home lake. I've been fishing there quite a bit. You know what aggravates me about that, don't you? What? <laughs> that's like 20 minutes from my house and i ain't got no phone really? call and nobody invited me <laughs> well we can go sometime they're, they're 
they're biting for sure right now. Well, how good are they biting? I've been catching 50 plus a day for the last eight days. I think I've probably caught at least 400 fish. It's been pretty crazy the amount of fish that are biting right now. You have to weave through a bunch of small ones right now to get, you know, a big one. But, you know, always reeling one in, it's, it uh, sure makes it fun. Now, 50 fish a day, that's that's pretty remarkable number. I, I, how long, I mean, how long are you fishing, first of all? I've been fishing a lot of these one to five tournaments on the weekdays and weekends. But when I'm going fun fishing, I'll, I'll just go anywhere from in the morning early to two three o'clock and then sometimes i'll go to uh from midday to dark but i've just been kind of going whenever but they've been biting really good i know that 50 i mean i'm saying like i'll probably catch 40 50 bass and then on top of that you'll catch 20 30 40 stripe and hybrid and stuff like that so there's a lot of fish biting good gracious now on the bass are they mainly spots? I know Logan is slout full of spotted bass. So is that kind of what you're focusing on there or? Yes, sir. Uh, there's a lot of spots biting right now. You'll catch a few largemouth, but the majority of what you're going to catch right now is uh, spotted bass. All right. Well, walk us through this. How are you catching? What depth? What are you using? Kind of what's your approach when you go to Logan Martin? The first thing I kind of look at is how much current they're pulling and then I've, I've got that app on my phone i can see how much alabama power is pulling out of the dams and then according to that i'll look at that i'll look at the water clarity when i get there and the water temperature and if the water's stained and they're pulling current you can go out on the river throw some moving baits and fish out on the river and catch some fish usually you'll catch your bigger fish doing that and then if they're not pulling as much current and the water's kind of clear i'll kind of stay in those pockets and creeks graph around and look for fish that are you know they're not always going to be on the bottom you can find them on the bottom right now but they're in little groups and once you find them on the bottom you can spin around and catch them and then a lot of fish are suspended right now i don't know if it's the weather change or what it has going but a lot of fish are suspended right now and you can use your electronics to catch them which is a cool way to catch them so so when you're, and we just had the segment before you, we were talking about electronics a good bit. And, and are you using side imaging to find the fish initially? Uh, I do use side imaging. I run uh, down scan side imaging and I run uh, mapping too at the same time. So I'll, uh, I'll go across a point or a flat or something like that and look for the bait. This time of year, the fish are going to be all positioned around the bait. So wherever you can find the shad, the fish are going to be right near them or right under them. So finding the bait is definitely uh, key this time of year. How deep are these fish that you're catching? Um, the majority of them that I've been catching is anywhere from 15 to 25 feet deep. And then the shallow fish, you know, they're anywhere from a foot to three foot of water, but that's, they've got to be in the right mood and the right day to, for the shallow fish to be biting good. But, I've had a few schools that I've found in, you know, anywhere from 10 to 12 feet. They're all scattered right now with the weather changes. But I think these warmer temperatures, they're going to push up shallow. Like on New Year's, it's supposed to warm up. So I think that by that time, the fish should start pulling up and feeding pretty good. Well, it sounds like they're feeding pretty good right now. So, you, you know, I mean, shallow. They're biting good out deep right now, but I'm talking about the shallow bite. <laughs> yeah, I know. We just had the guy on from Eufaula, Clayton, down there, and, and he was saying that okay. their fish are not schooled up very well there. So they're, they're it's mainly he's getting on these rocks uh, on the ledges, six, you know, eight, ten foot of water, and staying on that. And he said it's ones and twos. It's not it's not big schools right now on Eufaula for some reason. But it sounds mm. like that you're finding some good schools in Logan Martin. Are these what you consider, are they schooling like big schools right now? If you find the right group of them, there can be big schools. I found groups of them where there's a bunch of fish. And then I found some groups where there's just a few fish. But it all depends on the mood they're in. And sometimes they'll just you'll just uh, graph over a spot and there'll be a feeding frenzy and there'll be hundreds of fish down there. And sometimes you'll just pull up on a spot and there'll be 10, 15 fish, you know, but it's all about what they're doing at that time. So I just kind of fish in the moment as, as I go up there, cause you never know what you're going to pull up on. Cause every day they're in a different mood. They're not biting the same way every day. So but right. you just got to look for that bait. 
you got to look. So that, and that's what you're doing. You're riding and you're just looking for those clusters of bait. And then yes, the sir. fish are fish ain't gonna be far. Definitely not. So when you find this school, what are you throwing? What are you catching the fish on? A swim bait. It's always really good this time of year. If they're a little bit shallower, you can throw a jerk bait. Also, like a spoon or something like that can catch them good, especially for those suspended fish. But anything like that, you know, blade baits work really good. You're just trying to fish for those fish uh, using shad imitators. So anything that looks like a shad and can get down to those fish quickly, you, I mean, you're going to be in good shape. Is there a certain, is there a go-to swim bait that, that you like more than others? Is kind of, you got confidence in and, and like size? No, I mean, I usually, I usually throw like a soft swim bait, like 3.8 or something on a three eighths ounce head. And I'll just count it down and see where the fish are positioned and reel it from there. That spoon works really good too. If they're uh, sitting on the bottom or suspended, cause you can count the spoon down. And, you know, you can jig it right on them if they're, like, right off the bottom and use your electronics to see them. Or if they're stacked on the bottom, you can let it sink all the way bottom and jig it off the bottom and catch them like that. So there's a lot of things you can do, especially with that blade bait. It's just kind of the same deal as the spoon. You can let it sink down all the way to the bottom and jig it like that, or you can work it kind of for the suspended fish. But uh, you just got to kind of let the fish tell you what they're doing and then just kind of work from there. So you, you talk about a spoon and then a swim bait and, a, you know, a soft plastic swim bait. If you've got fish suspended, you're trying to get it to the right depth. I'm assuming that the fall ratio is going to be different with that spoon than it is with that soft plastic. Or, or am I wrong in that? I mean, how do you count down to know the right depth? I use my sonar on the front, especially because you can see when you drop it down from your trolling motor, you can see the bait go down on your sonar and you can see those fish down there. So I'll just kind of see where they're positioned and count it down from there. The spoon does fall down faster, especially the blade bait too, you know, cause they're made out of a hunk of lead. So right. they fall, they fall pretty quickly, but the swim bait does sink a little bit slower. But sometimes when they're in that mood where they don't want the spoon or, uh, you know, want to react to anything, they'll, you can throw that swim bait in there and catch them. So it all depends on uh, their mood. But I've been getting a lot of bites on that swim bait, though. Sounds like it. I'm 400 in the last uh, week. That's pretty strong. <laughs> Are there yes, some, decent size, <laughs> some decent size fish? Yes, sir. I've been catching some good size fish, too. Um, I think I've caught a good bit over three pounds. Uh, which is a good one right now. It's not taking much to win those local tournaments right now. I've won a few of those local tournaments the past past couple of weeks, but it's not taking huge bags. But if you can get, you know, a few over three pounds and fill it out with some, some good fish, you can do pretty good. A tournament I fished a week ago, we had 14 pounds. You know, we had five good fish, but somebody had a 580 largemouth. So it's kind of hard to compete with a 580 largemouth. So they won that tournament, but we were super close to getting some money, but we got money for a second, but we didn't get the $1,600 at first place. Got. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. little check there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, good stuff, man. Well, we appreciate you. Thank you for jumping on and, uh, and sharing yeah, no your knowledge with us and, and man, loving you having you on here and, and look forward to, to having you on more in 2021. And, even more than that, uh, I look forward to uh, that phone call. I know I'm gonna get next week when uh, when you're just looking for somebody to go fishing with you. Let's do it. Because I want to go, man. Out. I'm serious. I want to <laughs> go next week. Uh, we can I'll do be, it. I'll be out of town the rest of this week, but let's let's uh, let's jump in the boat and go, man. I'll reach out to you, but okay. If you think about it, shoot me a text or something, and, and let's line it up. But, all right, buddy, I know let's you got to run, and I appreciate it. Hey, before you go, yes, sir. One thing we like to do is is a tip of the day, and so for the Coosa chain right now, the Coosa Talapusa tip of the day from Tucker Smith, what would it be? Tip of the day would be look for the bait fish and see where the fish are positioned on the on the on your grass and trust your electronics because they're not going to lie to you if the fish are right right in ten foot where they say they are they're going to be in ten foot so count your bait down to ten foot and start reeling it and you'll get bit. 
Man, that's good stuff, man. Look forward to seeing you soon, buddy. Take care, and uh, I'll holler at you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you. All right. Man, I'm going to tell you what. This is just what an awesome young man. Freshman in college. Can y'all believe that? Can you believe this This guy's a freshman and he is this good on the phone, uh, on the podcast, no preparation, just jump on and do the show. And, man, the, the knowledge that he has uh, at a young age – is incredible and i mean that's what that's what this high school fishing is is helping us do too is so key and to taking these young anglers and making them better and 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 they are just man it's just it's a lot of fun to see somebody like this from the state of alabama that has this much success at a young age so love having hunter on here and and look forward to having him on again very soon Anyway, let's leave the Coosa and Tallapoosa and go to my man, Brad Whitehead, up in Pickwick. Brad, what's going on, buddy? No complaints. No complaints. How about you? Man, I'm hanging in there, man. Survived Christmas with all these youngins. Had a house full. We had about 20 people over here. Don't ho- Hopefully nobody left here with COVID. Don't think we did. We tried to be careful, but uh, we had a great time, man. Always good to get the family together, and so we did. Man, how about yourself? Can't complain. Uh, we have a new driver, 16 years old. Very nice to, to have him mobile now. Ooh, game changer right there. A money changer, sort of is. Uh, yeah, that too. We, just, uh, <laughs> we got, um, yeah, he turned 16, and um, it's really good for him to be mobile. He is a hardworking young man. Look, actually, we went to the beach, as you know, because me and you talked, and he stayed up here in most shows and worked. You know, that says a lot. I'm going to brag on him. That says a lot for that a, says a 16 lot. year old. I'm I'm proud of him. But yeah, we had a great Christmas. Kind of low-key, we ended up going to eat. Uh, Mom didn't cook. We've got a pretty small family. And finished up with their, you know, Santa Claus come the next day. And we just kind of hung around the house and relaxed. And then we we headed toward Tennessee to do a little duck hunting. So we should have stayed here and just fished. I'm going to be honest with you. That pretty much wrapped up our Christmas right there. It's It's always centered around some kind of outdoor activity i can tell you that well let me ask you this because i i got this image of my mind of christmas morning at the whitehead house and and all <laughs> i see is like fishing lures new rods reels uh, <laughs> everybody's getting fishing stuff for christmas you are um, <laughs> you're you're right on the money i actually got done about an hour ago putting a set of deer horns on the youngest one, hanging them on the wall. Uh, he got a nice mount deal and uh, got the horns mounted for him. It's a it's a buck he was with me that we killed last year around Christmas. Just now getting around to it, but got it hung on the wall. Nathan, it was a duck hunting and fishing year for him. So he received baits and tackle and gear for duck hunting so i can't complain santa claus was very that's great man that's good that's good stuff well we we had a little of everything here with all of our crew because we got so many and so many that's involved in different stuff so it's all over the board but man let's talk about fishing have you you been able to go lately been a couple of weeks ago i've got the water down to winter pool one of the things they are doing this year on pickwick that's kind of surprised a lot of the anglers is they're running a lot of water getting close to 80,000 per day. Normally it's down to 30 to 40,000. They've been running a lot of extra water. We're, we're really not sure what's changed. No spillways, just good current. And, you know, the, the largemouth bite is, has picked up, catching a few crappie. And I'll tell you something else. I think me and you talked about this before. The sauger bite is back. They're catching a lot of saugers, and a lot around here is eight or ten per day so that's that's made a comeback uh i don't know if tva is part of that bringing them back but that's something that i've probably personally uh haven't seen in the last 15 to 18 years you know guys catching catching a lot of sauger so 
you know, I don't know if you've ever caught any of those, but those are, as far as eating, there is, some say it's better than crappie. You know, it's oh, I was going to ask you that. Is, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it really good eating? It is. It's real similar to the walleye. They don't get as big, but that sauger is a the very white meat. Uh, it's really good grilled. And like I said, 15, 18 years ago, a man could go below the dams and catch a lemon of sauger. But it, they got real scarce. We don't know why. It's the cycle, the river chain cycle. It's like everything else. I think Mother Nature sometimes decides to to slow it down, and then she'll bring it back. So right. that's something that's real popular this time of year. How big Small do they get? Bite. Well, you know, I've caught them up to 17, 18 inches, close to 20 inches. I had a guy one time in the boat with me, uh, actually a game warden. Now, he caught one close to four pounds, and that's the biggest one I'd ever seen. Goodness. Um, and I believe it was more of a walleye than it was a sauger. It had the white dot on its back or on its fin. I've, I haven't seen one that big since. So I'm sure social media is a great thing. I love it. It's really good for my business. But what a lot of, especially young guys, they don't understand. There's a lot of older guys that you never see what they catch. They never put right. nothing on social media. They're quiet about it. And I know several guys that has caught some big saugers, you know, that people hadn't seen. So I, I know they're there. It's just, it used to be a nighttime deal. It's pretty cool. I can't do it now. I, I can't stay up past nine o'clock. But <laughs> used to when I was 16, 17 years old, we would go about nine o'clock and go down below the dams and throw a grub and fish till about 2 a.m. And that's when it was really hot. Could take your heater down there and you're gonna catch several but now it seems first hour or two of daylight the bite's just as good as it is at night and brad is there Wait. and you mentioned walleye in in north alabama what's the situation there i hear people you know talk about walleye is there a true walleye you know it's kind of like a true sauger uh, a lot of guys call them a saw guy it's a mixture you know it's a strain a fish that I assume they docked them years ago. I assume that there's people that's probably let them get in. Going up and down off the Mississippi River, just the same way as the Asian carp. Or a freshwater perch. You know, a lot of people don't understand a freshwater perch. I've probably only caught maybe eight or ten in my lifetime, but there is a freshwater perch that lives in the Tennessee River. It's good eating, too. You and this ain't a, this ain't a white water. perch. This is different. You're talking about something totally different. No, sir. Something totally different. So a true perch probably don't get any bigger than 10 or 11 inches, but it's a true perch. I mean, uh, they're a beautiful fish, real bronze, yellow, got stripes down the side of them. Uh, you just don't see a lot of them. They're I mean, mainly you know, a, north, a, a northern fish. Same way as a walleye. You know, yeah. somehow or another, they get in our river system, and they survive. There's not a big bunch of them, but they do survive. So, you know, I remember I remember going as a kid, and this is going to blow your mind. I remember going as a kid below the dam and seeing goldfish. I mean, where did these guys come from? I'm talking four- and five-inch goldfish. You know, I remember crazy. my grandfather wanting to catch them, trying to catch them with a throw net to catfish with them. It's amazing on these river chains, once they get in our river system, what lives down there. So it's a pretty cool deal. I've been blessed, been here 44 years, and, you know, I'm hoping my boys will get out there on that river and do the same thing I did as a kid. Well, so, it sounds like you, it sounds like they're on the way to doing that uh, and already doing it and doing well at it. So what about the smallmouth? You know, the smallmouth's kind of backed off. Uh, usually when the water temperature gets below 52 degrees as far as our live bait stuff now there's several guys still catching a few here and there but most of the guides this is the time they relax talked to three guides this week and most of them is relaxed in the month of december they'll get cranked back up you know mid-january into january they'll get cranked back up but as far as live bait fishing your bait gets to where you really can't catch a lot of shad they get deeper it's harder to catch them with a throw net so the, the fish get a little slower, too. Uh, the water temperature is about 48 degrees, and 
you know, it just gets where those 30 and 40 day smallmouth trips turn into four or five. And right. it's just tough. You know, it's tough. Yeah. It, you know, this time of year is kind of an idle. I'm not going to say you can't come up here and catch them uh, for the guys that are listening or ladies. If you do come up here, the Alabama rigs are, are what's going on right now. Your swim, swim bait. I think with the Alabama rig or swim bait, you're able to cover so much more water uh, than you are with a minna. You know, that minna at 48 degrees, he's not going to move much. But if you're throwing big hair jigs, you're throwing big swim baits, and you're throwing Alabama rigs, you're covering so much more water. And so that's been the success. A friend of mine I saw today on social media, he did real good on large mouth. He's throwing a, a swim bait, you know, just a single, probably a half-ounce head, throwing a swim bait, catching some pretty nice large mouth. So if you're coming up this way, you're going to have plenty of current. And if you don't want to go towards the bass crappie, you're going to have to really slow down, get on some structure, and sit on it. I had a guy today call me from Florida. He wanted to go this weekend. And I told him, I said, look, I can take you and take your money, but with 10 to 12-mile-an-hour winds, we're not going to be able to sit on structure, treetops, stake beds, cane. And I just don't want to take you. Not that I don't want to go fishing. Right. But the conditions for right now, you're going to have to really slow down when you fish for the crappie this time of year. So I'm saying in the next couple of weeks, these couple of fronts get through and things get, well, they're calling for two and a half inches of rain Thursday. Goodness. So, does the crappie fishing, does it get better through the winter? Do they school up more and it get better? Or, do you, or is it just kind of like you were just talking about? You got to slow down and, and maybe the... The crappie fishing is a little slower till the water starts warming back up, or is is wintertime uh, still good at, at certain times? Well, there's two techniques that we do in the winter, and I tell just like I told this gentleman here, I said, if you can get three days, that seems to be the key. Uh, three days with sunshine and no wind in the winter, you can slaughter the crappie because you're able to keep everything still. If you're trolling, you can you can pull up to that structure and just stop the minnows or stop the jigs or shooting docks. There's a lot of guys that shoot docks this time of year. As they draw that water down, uh, a lot of those fish will stack under those docks. And I'm talking deep docks, docks that are in 22 to 25 foot of water. They get up under these docks because there's no beating and banging and kids and people jumping off the piers. It's kind of one of them deals. They got cover. And they're just waiting on something to come by that pier for an easy, easy bite. They're not going to run, you know, their metabolism slows down. Just like me and you walking out and it's 32 degrees. We probably ain't going to sprint to a truck. I mean, you're you're cold and you're bundled up. Well, those fish kind of do the same thing. And they're going to feed. They're not going to stop feeding. I mean. Yeah, they're still. Yeah. Some of the older guys that I grew up with that fished all through the winter, you're going to catch probably the largest fish that you're going to catch uh, you know they're feeding up for the spring but far as you planning a trip one of the things if you're around montgomery and you go i'm gonna be up pickwick when would be a good time to come look at your 10-day forecast and if you can find three days with sunshine and no wind you better head this way if you're gonna fish you if know you're gonna come up there and fish uh, and catch crappie you're exactly right and even with the bass you know it it, it, it don't hurt with them what happens is when that water starts to warm up those three days, the minnows get more active and the fish get more active. Right. So it, I always say, and, and, it, and it goes, and I go back to a lot of the older guys that I grew up fishing around in the wintertime. If you can fish three days in a row with sunshine, one of those three days, you're going to hit it. You're going to hit, gonna hit it. it. It's yeah. just amazing to, to, you know, to hear the difference in different lakes and, and doing this podcast and how fish react are reacting different in, in the same conditions, you know, but just on different bodies of water, you know, we just had Tucker Smith on right before you. And he's the, he's the kid that was three time national champion, high school national hey, championship we, at Auburn now. We fished against that joker uh, this year at national championship. Let me tell you, he is focused. Uh, he's one that Nathan follows on social media, my son, and uh, he's got it together. Now that kid, I watched the show on TV, and and even just seeing him in person and whatnot, you tell it, he is one hundred percent focused. 
and that's he's, what it takes. He, he really is, and and he is a a young man that. You know, you win that thing one time and you go, okay, well, he got lucky. And, and then you, you you win it a second time and you go, okay, well, he, he's probably pretty good and got lucky. But to win it three times, that's no, no fluke right there. That's no accident. I mean, the guy's just that good. He, in the last five days of fishing on Logan Martin, he's caught over, he's caught right at 400 spotted bass and largemouth. He's catching catching 50 a day. But his approach, when he started talking about how he was fishing, it starts when he puts his boat in the water. He's looking at water clarity. Is it stained? Is it clear? Okay. Well, what kind of current are they running right now? And he, he puts all those things together and formulas it into, all right, I'm either going to look for fish off of ledges, back in these sloughs, in these cuts, or I'm going to the main river. But he reminds me of your son a lot on, on the podcast because we've had him on too. It's just a just such a pleasure to have a young man that's that well-spoken and, and that confident in what he's talking about. Well, one of the things I noticed when I watched the show on TV is uh camera boat was on him all day. The kid never – or young man, he ain't a kid. The young man never let up on fishing. He didn't turn to the camera and talk. If he was talking, he had his head faced toward his rod, focused. And that's why I try to tell some of these some of these young men that's in our fishing team, he's already got it. It's already come to him. It don't matter the boat, the electronics, the trolling motor, the tackle. It takes being on the water. You can take a kid and put him in a 16-foot flat bottom and him fish five days a week and be focused like him or my son, and you're going to find some fish. You're going to find some fish. We've got guys that fish tournaments around here that they do. They they have the $70,000 boat, and certain times of the year, they show up with a 16-foot flat bottom. You know why? Because they're going to the dam, and they come in with 25, 26 pounds of fish. But they know what they're doing. They got the equipment to do it, but the biggest thing is just having confidence to go out there and and do it. And you take a young man like that, you look at him, you thinking that could be your next Jacob Wheeler, Kevin Van Dam. You got a talent, and he carries himself well. From what I've seen, looks like he's got great family support, and that's all it takes. I tell Nathan all the time, go spend time on the water. Go if somebody asked you to go fishing. Nathan's bad about fishing with with a lot of my friends, forty four, forty five, fifty five, yeah. sixty year men, and go go with them. Go, you're go gonna learn. learn something. But you see stuff. You that, take Tucker. He's fished five days a week, or if he's fished for five days straight, he might not have caught a fish till ten o'clock. But he's on the water, and he might have seen something that triggers that some guys doing. My hat's off to these young men that do that because what you see or what I see, you got some that show up just because daddy wants them to be there. You got some that show up that go, well, you know, I like to fish, but after two hours, I'm just kind of bored. Right. Then you got some that show up with that game face on that they fish to the very last second. Well, it's like it's like I told my son. My son's a junior in high school this year and got a little talent on the baseball field. He's getting there. But he told me riding down the road the other day, and I, I kind of threw his mind for, for a loop there for a minute. But he said, Daddy, I, I just we left the batting cages and he had, he had hit really good, had a good day in the cage. And he said, Daddy, I just I just hope I have a good year. I just want to get a scholarship to Auburn. And I said, I said, I don't know if that's going to happen, Gabe. And he kind of looked at me and. He's like, couldn't believe I said that. And he's like, well, maybe, maybe not Auburn. Maybe, you know, even if it's a smaller school, it doesn't have to be like an Auburn. I just want to get a scholarship, you know, somewhere and, and play. And I was like, ah, I, don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. And he's like, and he's just floored. He is floored. And I did this on purpose. Oh, yeah. and, and he said, uh, Daddy, do you think I'm, I'm not a good enough athlete? I said, no, no, you didn't hear me say that at all. You're bigger than I was, stronger than I was, faster, hit harder, throw harder. You've got the skill, son, but you can't do what's expected of you and get to the next level because everybody does 
what's expected of them. You got to do more if you're going to be elite. If you're going to the next yeah. level, you got to do more. You got to do when everybody else goes to the house, you got to stay there. And when everybody, if they got a day off, you don't. And Brad, you can't, I, I don't know that you can teach that. I think you can help manipulate that in a young man, but I don't know if you can flat out teach somebody you you've got that love and that passion and that desire to excel and do what it takes or you don't a lot of times i agree tim horton was over here about three weeks ago and nathan's name got brought up and he said you know that kid he was he's just born with it i said born with what he said the drive for fish drive he said i I watch his social media and i watch what y'all do i said let me tell you something to me and I'm not bragging on Nathan. This just goes to the drive. When you come home from a guide trip, from a crappie guide trip, late spring, the pool's open. The wife's laid out by the pool, and the boys are, are, are around the pool. And I back that boat in, and he's laying on the bottom of the pool, letting a 10-year-old throw a crankbait over the top of his head so he can listen to it, and a spinnerbait. You don't get much focus than that right there. And so I don't... Good. You know, and I've tried to tell some of these other young men, you can't just show up on game day and expect to catch fish. Now, you, no. can, you can get lucky. You, you can pull up lucky. on a school of fish and catch five five-pounders within seconds, but be consistent. I told Nathan, I said, look, son, you don't have to win every tournament. You don't have to win every tournament. You just need to place. Try to catch five fish. That's all you can ask for. You catch five fish, you've done your job. You've done you your and job. You your partner, you've done your job. And well, and you, you didn't, know, you introduced the young man, you introduced Nathan to something that obviously he fell in love with. But that drive is something that comes from within. And, you know, I've asked my dad before, I'm like, you know, especially in, in baseball now, it's so crazy to see how much money people spend on private lessons and playing on these, uh, teams that are you know these elite travel teams and the money they put into it and pushing and pushing and pushing and a lot of these kids burn out at a really young age and I called my dad not long ago and uh, just thinking about how I approach with my kids because I don't drive them like that but I said daddy I, I don't remember you pushing me am I just not remembering that right because I don't remember you ever pushing me with baseball. And he said, no, you're not remembering that wrong at all. That's exactly right. He said it was the exact opposite. You pushed me. So when I came home from work, you're running out the door with a bucket of balls or with your glove going, daddy, let's go throw or daddy, let's go hit because you loved it that much. And you had that drive uh, that I didn't teach you. You just had it. And so I didn't have to push you. You pushed me. And, and I think that, like I said earlier, you can try to try to teach guys that they, these young guys that they have to work at it. If they're going to be successful, you can give them that message, but you can't teach a kid to lay at the bottom of the pool when everybody else is relaxing and listening to crankbaits. (laughs) Listen, I told him when he was a kid, of course, my wife's, sometimes my approach, I've got the right mindset, but it comes out my mouth wrong and I, and I told Nathan when he was little I said um, well let me tell you you know and, and my dad was kind of like this of course we skied and did you know water stuff and whatnot and he goes um, I told Nathan I said well here, here's here's how it's gonna roll son I'm going fishing and I'm going hunting okay if you got something planned and you want me to do it with you I'm gonna I'm gonna go do whatever you want to do but the days of sitting back going you know I don't have nothing playing. I'm going fishing or hunting. You can go if you want to, but yeah. if you don't, and you're sitting here at the house, that's perfectly fine. That's I'm fine. going. I'm going. You know, uh, I'll be there. If you play ball, I'll be there every time you're out there. I'll be there. But I'm going to hunt and fish. That was one of the things, you know, I told my wife, I said, my life's real simple. I'm going to hunt and fish. If you can put up with that, everything else is a breeze. Everything you know, else is I was, easy. I look. 
I love the outdoors. You know, I'll never forget. I, I think it was Denny Breyer. I, I could be wrong, but I, I was at a, I forgot a function that he was at. And I'll never forget. Denny is, he, he's no nonsense guy, which best jig fisherman probably has ever been. But anyway, he said, you know, the hardest thing I could do, I did this to my son several times, is to not take him fishing. And people kind of looked at him, you know, and he said, what I mean by that is I left him at the back door, 12 years old, crying as I was pulling off with the boat. And he said, that give that kid a drive to want to go fishing. And, you know, that's a different approach, you it's know. Different, um, different yeah. things motivate that's different it. people. Yeah. That's exactly right. But I will say this. If you're listening to this and you have a son or a daughter, we're seeing a lot of young ladies fish these days. Uh, it's really cool to see the young ladies. David Walker, one of the professionals, his daughter was at the national championship. You know, That's and I awesome. can't imagine being a young uh, man or a young woman and your dad being a professional and taking them out. But David, he's a super nice guy. But if you're getting into this, if you're getting in a fishing team, your school has a fishing team, and you go, you know, man, I played baseball, I played football, I played golf. I know nothing about fishing, but my son wants to be in this, and I want to be involved. This is as simple as it gets. Whatever lake you're on, you go find the best guide or the best reputation guide that you can find and put that kid in the boat with them. They do four-hour trips, they do six-hour trips, and they do eight-hour trips. Put him in the boat with that guide. Pay the money, put him in the boat with them. Don't go. You sit at the hotel or you drop them off and let them stay with a day with a guide. And that, when they get out of the boat, it'll be one of two things. They will go, I'm just not, I don't think I want to do that for eight hours. Or they're going to be on fire for the outdoors and for fishing. That's I tell great every advice. one of these dads. I mean, I tell everyone, and I'm not promoting myself. I don't even take, I told our bunch when we first met this year, I said, I will not do this. I'm not promoting me. Go get one of the guides. you got several guys that's been on this show uh, with you uh, that's in North Alabama that, that are good friends of mine, get a guide. You get know, a guide. I've, been, I've been fortunate. Get a guide. I've been fortunate to have three or four good buddies that I've been able to put Nathan in the boat with, and it was the best experience of their life. They loved it because you know what? Dad's not in there. Granddad's not in there. Grandma's not in there, and your mom's not in there. It's you and him. And I'll never forget, I put Nathan in a in a boat with a friend of mine, put him in there for five hours. Didn't say a word, called the guy two days later, and I said, tell me what he needs to change. That's all I want to know. And he went, yep. uh, nothing. And I went, really? He goes, oh, yeah, nothing. He listened to every single word it, I it, said. It's such good advice to put them in the boat with somebody else. And, and there again, I, I relate a lot of things back to, to baseball, and that's got nothing to do with our podcast, so I apologize. But I've got friends that have that know what they're doing. They play ball. They play maybe even at the college level and some above. But when it's your – you know, they can be talking to their kid, and it goes in one ear and out the other. I can come in there or somebody else can come in there and they can give the kid the same advice that dad just gave them. But the kid's like on his edge of his seat, listening to every hanging on every word because it's just, and it's not, it's not a knock on dad. It's just the way it is, is that when they have somebody else that they respect what they've done and they know they've done it at a higher level, they like, cling to every word of it so it's it, and man that's what i love about this high school fishing and and i think back and and man i wish me and you would have grown up with it uh, i've said on here a hundred times that if we would i probably wouldn't have played baseball and what what i love about it is that you're seeing kids like nathan and you're seeing kids like tucker that because of the high school it brought competition to them at a young age in fishing, which competition makes you work hard. If you're a competitor, it makes you work hard and it makes you improve and continually get better. When me and you went out fishing, Brad, we went out fishing for the fun. I mean, yeah. we liked to catch, we wanted to catch all we could catch, mm -hmm. but 
it was a different mindset. I think it would have it would, for me anyway. It was one hundred percent. If it would have been where I was competing, I, I can imagine that I would have studied it uh, and worked at technique and finding the fish and different approaches. I would have worked at that, and then that's what you're seeing with what high school fishing has become is you're, you're seeing kids like Nathan and Tucker and so, so many more that they're competitive young men and they're going, uh, and, and they want to win and, and they're going to do what it takes well, to do it, that. And it keeps them out of trouble. You know, um, as I was growing up with nighttime tournaments was the ultimate thing around here because you could win three or $400 back when we were 16. If, if you could win $400 on a Friday night, you was the man. I he mean, man. you were competing. You were 16 years old, and you're competing with everybody that's 30, 30 to 60 years old. And you could beat 25, 30 boats at night. And nowadays, with Nathan's League, you could say, here's $5,000 cash, or here's this four-foot trophy. Nathan's going to take the trophy. He'd rather have the trophy than he would the money. Just yeah. have something that he can <laughs> hold and look at and go, look. I won that. I won that fair and square. And, you know, I, I think a lot of these people, you know, that has kids that want to get into this, they don't think about the long-term deal. If you can get them into this hunt and fishing, your worries are going to go down about half. You know, yeah. if they're on the water, not that they can't be safe, but what I'm saying is if they're in the woods or the water. It's a different kind you know, of worry. Uh, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, right. I, got, I got a lot of guide buddies, you know, full-time guides that a lot of single moms, dad's not in the picture single moms that go, God, I'd love to take them fishing. what do I do? Well, save up enough money and give them a guide trip for Christmas. There's a lot of these guides that I know, I know two of them right now. Single mom, hey, we'll cut you a deal. We understand situation. Let's get that kid in the boat. We'll give them four or five hours and we'll call it even. So it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a good deal. You know, um, it, it's no different as, as your baseball you were talking about is going to guys batting practice and, and getting one-on-one training it's the same thing it's just on the water and it's you got a fishing rod right. that's right so that's right. we've been blessed we got a bunch of good kids on this fishing team up here muscle shows participate they love being out on the water they love being with their dad her granddad you know we've right. got several granddads that's really kicked it up a notch to, to help us out we're blessed and it's just it's sad to see some of these other schools not develop a program you got kids wanting it, but it's just not there right now. So hopefully, right. um, you know, they can they can get something developed and get in their competition. Well, hats off to you for what you guys are doing up there. Y'all get y'all got a strong program going and, and uh I know it's gonna fill a lot of your time this year for sure. So I look forward to see what y'all do in twenty twenty one. But hey look, um tip of the day, if somebody's gonna come up there and go fishing right now in Pickwick, what would be your tip? And let's just keep that on crappie. Crappie, long-range forecast, try to catch a day, no wind. You want to stay around the Bear Creek area. You know, the water's low, so be careful. It's at winter pool. A little hard to get in some of the boat ramps. Uh, one of the best things to do is maybe get online and get a couple of different guides' phone numbers. Had it, like, like I said, I had a guy today from Florida. They were going to come up here regardless. You know, hey, we're coming up. I give him the rundown. Hey, you know, it, it could be iffy. You know, I, I don't want to take you out there and it pouring down rain and 42 degrees. And right. most of the guides up here, they're the same way. Try to catch you that three-day break where you got some sunshine and no wind. If you're coming up here for the bass, basically the same thing. A lot of the guides right now, it's it's just a little slow. Uh, your numbers are not going to be your fall and spring and even summer uh, numbers, but you do have a chance of catching crappie and bass, your personal bass right now. I mean, now it might take you a few hours, but you have a chance to catch a very catch large a fish, fish. To catch a good fish. So as I always say, you can call me. Be glad the information's free. If I don't know it, I'll call somebody to find out. So make that phone call. Get somebody on, on the line. Let them tell you what's going on before you make that trip. Well, let's give everybody your phone number, Brad. 256-483-0834. And I'm on Instagram, Facebook. You can message me. If I don't answer, I will get back with you within 24 hours and get you what you need. 
Well, and, and he means that he'll, if he can't do it, he'll find you somebody that, that can or find the information that you're looking for. And so y'all, y'all give Brad a call. I think y'all can tell just from him being on the podcast, he's about as genuine and real as there he is and enjoy your day on the water and you're going to learn a lot and you're going to catch fish and, and Brad, man, you, you are the last segment for 2020 and i just want to personally thank you because you you're not just a, a great contributor but you become a friend on here and and i appreciate you well i appreciate you calling me like i said uh i know this gets out to a lot of people and you know if we do if we can just bring one thing once a month to somebody that goes you know what i'm glad i listened to that i really didn't know what to do if it's from your child, grandchild, if it's just a fishing report and it helps somebody, then you and I, especially you, we've done our job and we've got it out there. So people, if they want it, they can come get it. They can so, get it. And it's that's a big form. deal. There's not a lot of stations and a lot of podcasts like what you bring on our part as uh, as guides. It's it's very, very, very helpful. And to the, to the listeners, it's free. All you got to do is click on it. I see it. I got to just click on it. It's free, and, and it's, it's some good free information you're getting on here. That's you don't have to read. I appreciate that. I like it because I, I, don't, I don't like to read. You know, I'd much rather listen to somebody talk than I would read. Absolutely. I'm uh, the same I, way. I do appreciate it, man. I do appreciate well, it. Well, I appreciate you. Soon. Yep. So – Let's do looking it, man. We definitely, to definitely gonna do it. Well, man, thank you again, and uh, man, looking forward, looking forward to twenty twenty one with you, and a lot more reports. And uh, we are, we're gonna get together soon. So I appreciate it, man. Go spend time with your family, and uh, tell Nathan I said hello and keep fishing, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, buddy. Have a good year. I'll All see. right, you too. Bye bye. Man, what a uh, what a what a great segment. You know, uh, I, I love. Love doing this podcast, guys, just because, you know, you, you call and get somebody like Brad on and, and your intention is just to maybe have a call about, you know, just a fishing report about what the crappie are doing or the bass are doing and, and, and would get that. But then we also, man, sometimes it takes a turn and we, we talk about these kids and the high school fishing and, and just life and kids. And, and I love that part of the show. I love when it does that. I hope you guys appreciate it as much as I do. That's going to be a wrap for 2020, our first year Alabama freshwater fishing report. Guys, if you listen to the show, uh, I just want to say thank you to all our listeners. We're looking forward to a, to a great year next year. We're continuing to grow. We're getting more and more listeners. So if you are a listener, Please share what we're doing here with your friends and, and get more get more people on to listen and learning and, and getting people outside and enjoying what this great state has to offer. And that's going to be a wrap for this week and this year. So please subscribe, rate, and drop us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. We love reviews, guys. So take your time to do that, and it would be very much appreciated. And if you'd like us to email you the podcast, we will email you the show each and every week. All you have to do is text the word fishing to 646-495-9867. All you got to do is text the word fishing to that number and we'll send it to you every week. You won't have to go look for it. We appreciate it, guys. Look forward to 2021. Y'all have a great new year. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you're fortunate enough to own a lake or a pond, then I know you want to get the most out of it as possible. We all want to manage and grow big deer on our place, so why not grow the biggest, most healthy fish possible as well? Give Norman a call at Southeastern Pond Management at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com. And these guys know how to grow big. And brought to you by Sun South. From outdoor equipment, parts, services, accessories, Sun South has you covered on the best for less. Visit Sun South or sunsouth.com for quality John Deere equipment. Sun South, for those that do. And brought to you by Fish Bites, ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. 
and brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And brought to you by You Do Outdoors. Check out You Do Outdoors on your app store, Google Play. It's a social media app for whatever you do outdoors. This episode was brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344.